0: Welcome to After Credits here on the Intercut Podcast channel where we review a new movie including everything that comes after the credits. Although we're going spoiler-free here on this edition for Avatar 2, The Way of Water. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he will learn your ways, it's Arturo Zurita.
1: Can't spoil it for people who've been waiting 10 years, who have mastered the Navi language on Duolingo, but what we can do (laughs) is hopefully direct y'all on the various ways to watch this movie, because I thought that there was like a dozen ways to watch it. Zach saw it before I did last week, I'm fresh out of the movie from last night, and he let Me know that there's something new. We're so used to you know, either the screen being too big, things popping out at you, your chairs move now. But he's like, No, there's something new that they did with the screen, so we're gonna be breaking all that down. No spoiler warning. But overall, Zach, 10 years returning back to Pandora. How'd you feel?
0: I mean, it's more than 10, it's 13 (sighs) long years away. But James Cameron has brought audiences through the Hallelujah Mountains, around the Mother Tree, and back to the world of Pandora. Avatar, The Way of Water is a three-hour and ten-minute epic that follows everyone's favorite film character. Art, say his name with me. I know you remembered. Jake Sully. Yeah. Everyone remembers the name. Jake and Neytiri have formed a family with two teenage boys, a young girl and a Benjamin Button Sigourney Weaver. After an old enemy resurfaces, Jake must protect his family, protect the Na'vi, and fight in a difficult war against the humans, Arturo. For 13 years, James Cameron has faced questions about whether or not Avatar needs a sequel, let alone several, and whether or not audiences are even hungry for more adventures on Pandora. But now that Avatar 2 is here, are you happy to get to spend more time exploring this world? Sure.
1: (laughs) Uh, i hope that everybody else gets to experience it in the best possible way because really what we're doing here is a benchmark for new technology if you're a fan of the avatar universe story wise i think you'll be pleasantly surprised because the family has expanded right this is a Mm -hmm. movie that's not setting up to follow up 13 years later it's looking 15 years into the future this is a movie (laughs) that is setting up three four and five with brand new characters Mm -hmm. i was not expecting this to be a film that really is a family movie like yeah you have the main characters from before and and they're prominent figures but like they pass the baton they are willing to showcase that there there are more uh, characters at play here and i really enjoyed it and a lot of characters you don't even see at the trailer, which is one of the best parts. So they've been doing some really great marketing, which shouldn't be too mm-hmm. hard in the movies. Three hours <laughs> and 12 minutes. You could cut up a re- relatively easy three minute trailer there. Um, but there is a lot to explore in the world. I know to many of the joke is, is that this is just a major ad for what ends up becoming the parks. And yeah, there are sequences <laughs> in the middle of this movie where it feels like they're just showcasing to you. You remember the air? We're now in the water, baby. It it very much feels like Disney set up uh, to the slaughter, Black Panther, Wakanda forever and said, you see these water (laughs) scenes? We're kind of they pulled the duff, man. They're like, you see this right here. We need this to stand next to this just to showcase how much better uh, what you're about to see in, in a couple of weeks is. And yeah, I think they showcase it off to a degree that they're pushing this as being something that is not only a development for Cameron. He's claiming he just helped the industry. He's like, you know, when we moved to sound, imagine if mine was the first sound film. He thinks this is all that. He thinks this is the Jazzman. If if, if we were turning into color. The Jazz Singer. The Jazz Singer, sorry. He he ends up pretty much creating water here that he feels that in future generations, we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's like a plug-in now for future filmmakers. And he's close. I don't think we're fully there yet. (laughs) Uh, But we'll talk about that depending on what type of screening you're able to get to this because... Honestly, Zach, what what I'm going to just say right off the bat, do you remember the video game uh, that came out a couple years ago called Cyberpunk? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a result of something where, hey, this game, can it even run on the systems that we have? A lot of these projectors right. out there, can it handle a lot of what we're about to throw at it? And then it made you wonder, before they sent out the product, was it finished? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it looks great, but at the same time, there beautiful. are those moments that are, are maybe a little bit video gaming too. And I don't know if that's just because my screening had the high frame rate stuff going on. Did you end up seeing yours in the high frame rate or was it projected uh, normally? Uh, I think we've both seen
1: it so far. I will be catching the IMAX 3D. I don't know if that's going to be in high frame rate. We'll talk about all that right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I and you were able to catch it in Dolby 3D high frame rate. What that means right. is that you're going to have this beautiful dolby screen that's going to show you all the rich blacks and colors. And I think it's probably the best way to get the high frame rate. The three D is always going to pop out at you, and I think for many, Avatar is the one movie that they're willing to trust for three hours being put into yeah. that uh type of vertigo. But it's a high yeah, frame well, rate. I
0: didn't well, I didn't love the high frame rate. I did think the 3D was pretty gorgeous and seamless in a way so that we'll it often that. isn't in these types of movies. But the high frame rate.
1: High frame rate is something that when you go to your buddy's house and you're like, why is this motion mo- <laughs> smoothing still on and you want to turn it off? Exactly. Uh, I- I'm mm. going to break it down all of the different ways that you can catch this movie because I think that's the, the important part, especially when it comes to a review. There are so many ways yep. here, right? So for starters, you have your IMAX way of seeing things right it was one of the ways that he was able to make so much money last year and i think it's worth it right uh to me it is worth going to go see a movie especially when pandora plays such a big factor of it you know you want to be able to see more of that real estate more of that space to me that's worth it however to some people you may want to see what a lot of people push for this since he films it with two cameras i didn't know this the the system that he has the movie ends and they got this double camera system right that they're Mm -hmm. working on in this film And he's ace, meaning that he's the cinematographer. He's a cinematographer, (laughs) Zach, because the other cinematographers don't want to hold this 50-pound camera. So he said, fine, I'll do it myself. Anytime the camera feels like it's handheld, it's the boy Jimmy behind it. According to him, IMAX, one of the best ways to go. Second best way would be 3D. I think that Zach and I both can attest to, this is probably the most... uh, eye-opening way to revisit Pandora because you're able Mm -hmm. to see a lot of the stuff that pops, and it's a movie that is shot with it having to be seen in 3D. When I went to go rewatch the original, the 3D version was superior than when they gave it to us in 2D. You also have Dolby that we were mentioning, that it's going to enrich all of the blacks that you have in your screen. There is also a lot of free things that you'll be able to get if you go see it in Dolby. Screen X is another way to watch it in where they will expand the screen for Pandora and considering that there's a lot of underwater scenes, you end up seeing a lot of the fish come in before they're even on the main screen. It creates more of an environment. Zack, it doesn't stop there. What if you needed to feel Pandora in your butt? They have automatically (laughs) adjusted, even for the first movie, different ways for you to move with the Navias or moving all around. The smells, I don't even know what Pandora might smell like, but they hit you with scents, air, wind. I hope (laughs) no fire, but maybe some fog. But the big thing that zach has been talking about is high frame rate. When you see a movie and they slow it down and it's glitchy, it's because there's not enough frames. There's only 24 frames a second that a movie's capturing, and, and it's elongating them. So when you get smooth slow motion, they double up those frames and it's 48. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're doing slow motion. Sometimes they shot it at 48 frames and they keep it like that. And that's what Zach's talking yeah. about. It feels like you're watching a video game. Something that's so realistic that it reminds you you're on a set. Something that's going in regular speed, but it feels like it's going at two times speed. And I think that we're either going to adjust to it. He's either so looking into the future that, I mean, Zach, we went from you and I being the old heads who are always shooting horizontally, and now the kiddos say it's vertical, right? So who's to say that we're not in due time just the old heads who like it in 24 frames, and eventually it's going to all be in high frame rate in the future. It's a little jarring at times. And personally, I felt that, my projector could not handle it, man. There were moments <laughs> that looked so weird. It's like you had what must have been some of the a breakthrough in technology. He has an actor not even in front of you, but you can see all of his express expressions through right. this motion capture. And then he kind of moved a little funny when he wiggled away. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It has the potential to be a masterpiece. I just, it, it's too much.
0: Yeah. It it just kind of breaks the immersion in a weird way in in that this is such an immersive world and you do really feel transported in a way that I think most films are unable to to transport you because that uh, that that rendering is so beautiful because that water feels so real but then you get these moments that almost move too fast for the human eye too fast for our brains to to process in a regular way and yeah like you said maybe it's just a matter of Getting used to it being conditioned to it enough people like Peter Jackson and James Cameron putting out movies with these high frame rates that we just come to expect it. Eventually. But I it just I, maybe it is because I associate 60 frames per second so heavily with video games that it just like it feels like I'm in the wrong medium. Um, and I don't think that made me think the film didn't look beautiful. It just sort of like it. It makes you think about it. And you don't want to, I think, especially with films like this, you don't want to have to think about those things. You want to be able to immerse yourself. And granted, there, you know, we know because of the prevalence of motion smoothing TVs, not only do a lot of people not necessarily notice the difference, but some people even like the motion smoothing. I, I don't really understand that, but there are Sports? people out there who do that. Maybe, so, I don't so, know. They've prefer, gotten used to it. I, I don't know. They've gotten used to it. Yeah, so that's the thing. So maybe there are audiences out there who won't feel the same uh, reaction to the high frame rates that we do. Yeah. But I don't know. I I know best, and I didn't <laughs> like
1: it. Uh- <laughs> I think that people will get used to it, and I think it's just a matter of, like, you're sitting there to watch this big blockbuster, and we've been adjusted many times to think that, you know, it's that 24 frames per second look. A lot of you know—sorry, uh, we, we keep saying 24 frames— the cinematic look. I think everybody knows it is that way. It looks like a movie, right? This right. looks like you're watching the Best Buy like tech demo to really yes, show off yes. the TV. That's what it looks like sometimes. And sometimes some of you may be in a theater where the TV can't keep up with it. And that is my biggest worry
0: yeah well talking a little bit more about the story I felt like this was a film you could kind of neatly divide into three parts given it's a little bit more than three hour time there's that first hour which is kind of the reintroduction to the world and a showcase of some of the new characters and that part at least for me I felt like dragged a little bit I felt like it was a bit of a a retread of what we got in the first film but then there is that second hour which is learning the way of the water and a part of what What was really special about the first movie is when you are introduced to all the customs of the Navi. It's this stretch of the film that feels most like that. And maybe even is more magical than that. It it transports you to perhaps the most fully realized version of an alien world that we've ever seen put to screen. So here I, I really felt like was the thing that you're really there for right this is that's the the meat of the movie and then finally there is that final hour or so when james cameron puts on his action blockbuster title belt and swings for the fences so I, I i i don't know if you like agree with that sort of breakdown of how the film worked or at least which sections were better than other sections but uh you know it i think it really is a film that improved as it uh as you got more into what was going on there
1: interesting yeah no i i think cameron does uh he likes to do this thing where his first acts or in his sequels he likes to redo the journey but from a different perspective which he's able to do here have someone else who you wouldn't expect go on the hero's journey uh and yeah that first hour in classic james cameron fashion uh retreads and catches you up as he would say right and then i agree with you that that middle half feels like a doc he has shot so many documentaries in his life specifically with water. And that's the one big thing from the abyss to, you know, Titanic to a lot of the films that he's made. He has always said that he knows in the film industry, water is the most difficult thing to work with. So he's always gravitated towards that. And to Mm him, uh, being able to take Pandora underwater, uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I think it's able to expand the world. It's able to give you a lot a lot of more different fluid motions. Uh, because when you think about it, you know, a lot of the times we were on the banshees, right? That was a lot of the POV shots that you're able to get from the first movie. It's what a lot of the park is built off as well. But here you're mm-hmm. getting like an extension to what feels like, dang, you can make you could expand this to be a whole uh, underwater land there's a whole different way of communicating underneath there as well because it's almost like a sign language that they have there mm-hmm. uh, because uh, uh, of the location that you're in the colors look fantastic and there, there are specific shots oh yeah when they go dark or twilight or they're like in the depths of the
0: sea that especially when they have like glowing stuff going glow- on
1: zach when they were glowing that was when the high frame rate something we've been yeah. complaining about for a little bit That is when it came in and the pieces just fell into place. It looks Mm -hmm. surreal. There are some sequences in that middle shot and and especially in that third act where they do this POV shots. You see some of them in the trailer where they're almost like holding the whip with the water banshees. And the way that the POV (laughs) shot follows them through in a long take. I'm not going to lie. There would be some breathtaking stuff. And then like five minutes later, the high frame rate would look a little wonky. But like when they (laughs) were hitting, they were hitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those shots right there were beautiful.
0: Yeah th- there are just so many images that are so beautiful and and feel so lifelike like you have to kind of constantly remind yourself that they are creating everything that's on screen that's like the point. yeah maybe there are are some like props and stuff going yeah. on but they still but even- have to even Contextualize the props. it into this world, yeah.
1: We were talking about how like they're holding the props and there's been that argument on that one scene where it's like no one knows if the water is real or if his hand is, obviously his hands aren't real because it's blue, but like they thought, oh, at least the saddle's real. They don't realize that they're making these saddles, these spears, all mm-hmm. of these props, only to then CGI them again when it comes yeah. to the movie in order to make them wet and to fit the environments. But uh, I need you to talk to me here.
0: That's Kate Winslet? That's Kate Winslet. I had no idea until the movie ended. I had no idea till I was home. Yeah. How is that Kate Winslet? Did you see that she held her breath underwater for, for over 7, seven minutes? minutes
1: and beat Tom Cruise's record? Yes, I did. Shout out <laughs> her.
0: Look, a, a uh. big
1: thing that he was pushing with this film uh and I know it was his big thing for the for the first Avatar. It's it's his major line. I want uh I don't know. I don't think he says motion capture. I think he says performance capture specifically. He's trying mm-hmm. to break that barrier. He saw how we've all been fighting for that category of motion capture, right? For our boy, right. the one and only who's been doing it for so long, but we've been saying, "Well, it'd only be him who gets the awards for Schmiegel and and uh, and Caesar, Andy Serkis, and, yeah, everything that he's done." I'm telling you, he thinks he's making the Wizard of Oz here and is breaking the doors open. He is saying, from <laughs> here on forward, look at this. We can have kate winslet do a whole performance and and dissolve into another character i don't know Zach. i think there's some ethics in here there are some bad guys in this movie who do become avatars and the lines that they say did feel a little weird because you're like ah they're jumping in the bodies in a very weird way <laughs> but that's technically the whole technology of avatar be able to jump into a body and play another character that right. you can become even though you don't look like I mean, what I'm looking at here is the biggest form of blue face I've ever seen in my life. Where (laughs) else can you take this tech? Really powerful tech. I think he's done it. I couldn't even recognize Kate Winslet in the second time they worked together. But where does it go from here?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, it, it does allow for these really transportive experiences and for actors to potentially really, like, hide behind... Uh, their characters. I think, you know, there is the potential that like the, the way that actors sometimes bring a lot of baggage into their roles and like certain people, like you see them and you're like, Oh, that's the hero or, Oh, that's the villain. Now like, you can work without you it. You can. Yeah, exactly. And you can maybe escape from it a little bit. And like, I don't know if I, want to see this kind of technology applied to like making Gary Oldman look more like Winston Churchill or something like that. But when it comes to like giving you the, these types of characters that otherwise couldn't be portrayed in this, lifelike way it is really novel and really beautiful and and, and unique you know there, there's sort of the question about whether or not we need more Avatar movies and there aren't other movies doing this type of performance capture Yeah, and it is really like new terrain for film
1: you would take this over The Lion King a movie that because <laughs> they knew was going to be so big they were able to test those new technologies with it but a lot right. of people thought well, it that's bastardized the what
0: they loved as a kid and maybe the Lion King could have used a little bit more of this technology because those animals were so unexpressive. But there, there's a world in which maybe that's how we kind of like bridge that gap. Advanced right? technology
1: that, like, with an, uh, another story. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I got to ask you this because you had mentioned uh, Churchill. Do you yeah. not see this as just an advancement to prosthetics? We could only hide behind the physical stuff that we had. And then eventually, technically, there's de-aging. The Irishman, Mm -hmm. with this technology, you don't got to turn him blue, but it sounds like you had better motion smoothing to be able to have helped his kicks. something else. So eventually this tech, they won't turn people blue. It will be doing the stuff that a lot of people have a problem with, the aging people who are dead in Star Wars. Adding elements to prosthetics and smoothing out his skin.
0: And maybe that's that's where I wonder whether or not this technology would feel the same way if it was applied to humans, right? Because mm-hmm. it is there is still just the constant knowledge that even though this stuff looks so lifelike, it is fake. It is Yeah. It is a a, a creation. When you do, then try to rep, like instead of putting the prosthetics on Brendan Fraser for the whale, throw him into uh, Weta technology. I I don't know if that's going to have the same effect, but I'm sure people will try it. And there's always also been those arguments out there that uh, because a lot of CGI artists are non-union, that studios are preferring to use uh, CGI over prosthetics, which have union union support. So yep. I, I don't know. It, it it's definitely It'll be an interesting thing to watch as the industry continues to evolve, and and as the mid tier movies get squeezed, and we have more big uh, films yeah. to to try and capture this type of Avatar type hype. Can you imagine, I, I, Zach, I having to several... act in the nude? <laughs> <laughs> having just, to... just ping pong balls in right. skin.
1: No, I I I meant like you not doing a CGI role, and you actually have to act in your own skin. <laughs> It, be, it becomes such a crazy thing oh. for an actor to not have to act yeah. in an avatar type thing for whatever it is, right? Eventually, your superheroes won't even have to work out. They'll just be right. in the motion capture suits, and now you'll have your mm-hmm. Thor. Whatever it is. But hey, yeah. hopefully, as long as they open up the categories, we can finally honor motion capture people through regular actors who are now just doing motion capture. Then I guess that's that's how the, the doors open.
0: So we we are obviously in awe of the film visually, and, and that to me is alone more than worth uh, the trip to the theater. Um, I had some issues with with the story beats. I felt that it was a little bit clunky. I, I kind of felt this way about the first one too, but there, there's like a few times when certain characters show up at very convenient moments and a couple other times where characters are mysteriously hard to find despite like seeming they're just, they're in just there vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh Did you feel like some of the forced... Did did some of those forced plot machinations bother you? Yeah, the way of water goes with you and you don't lose it until you have to because the story needs to get to where it needs to be. <laughs>
1: yeah, obviously it's going to it's an old James Cameron fashion that he's doing that, uh, especially because I felt um, it feels like he is re- he is redoing a lot of his classics. This has been mm. a year where a lot of directors have gone back and made these love letters to different movies to their own movies where I reflected back on cinema in various ways. Some people have just literally called it a love letter. Some people have made movies on Hollywood. Some people have made films, I think like this one, where you can rewatch all of his filmography. You don't have to, but you'll notice little things from Terminator. Aliens. Mm-hmm. Obviously the first mm-hmm. Avatar. I think he does a lot of uh, little callbacks to a lot of big moments in movies, not just of his, but I think of massive classics. I saw a lot of Spielberg, Kubrick, in there and it feels like he's advancing it to the next level because i think he too believes that he is that next step we were talking about a recent movie babylon that feels like what if this is the end of like film movies and 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 it mm. is kind of looking back at the at the history at that point then this is the movie on the other side of that point point. <laughs> <laughs> and i i kind of like it's crazy for the guy to walk around and talk knowing that he talks with yeah. his whole chest like he's pioneering it he was a part of the last generation now he's here for the next one
0: yeah i mean it is just uh, unbelievable we're alive for that and
1: to think two years ago we thought movies were done zach i can't (laughs) believe it what a joyous day we no longer need so
0: you you sound eager for more avatar sequels you're you're ready for avatar three in two years and avatar four in four years and avatar five in seven years you're 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 ready to start getting these semi-annually
1: I'm excited for three. I don't know why you're hitting me with five and six, you know? <laughs> he's trying to make five and six. No, you, you run the first mile and you're like, I think I do mile two. I don't go five, six, seven. I like what he's bringing to the table. And I like that with a lot of these big projects that we get, I wasn't bored. I got tired sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's there's a lot that he's throwing at you. But at least I'm not bored. At least I like seeing a director who's willing to put it all on the line. You know, it doesn't feel like we're going to. It's going to be interesting getting a new one because we're receiving this one with a 10-year hiatus. How will the other ones be when we're getting them back to back to back? Will they feel heavy? Will they feel better because we're like, okay, we're in the language. We're in the world. We kind of know the Mm -hmm. ins and outs of it. Will it feel easier? Um, I at least like that he's putting in the effort. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I don't feel like I'm going to begrudgingly go to the theater. Maybe some people feel like that for Avatar, but I felt like that for a lot of other big franchises where I know I'm not going to get anything out of this. I mean, there's been a lot of big movies that have come out this year and like... The studio heads have to come out and tell them, yeah, the box office we made isn't the box office actors say we made. (laughs) I don't feel any of that in this movie because I don't even know. I can't even see the actors. They've dissolved into their roles. Jimmy's taken it completely. At least it's in good
0: hands. That's the thing. I think he has a proven track record and I it would, you know, we were joking off stream about how everybody's like, oh, I don't bet against James Cameron as if a bunch yeah. of people have been, uh, you know, calling up fantasy pros trying to bet against the box office. <laughs> they do this I don't know. For,
1: it's like Spielberg making a movie and we go like, I guess it's OK. It's like it's Spielberg. What yeah. are you watching in five years if you need to?
0: I am I, very excited about this film and I think a lot of people will really enjoy it. But I do wonder if part of what makes it so exciting to return to Pandora is this feeling of it being... Uh, a rare chance, a rare thing, Once uh, something that comes around once every decade. Once these movies become regular releases, the way that like the MCU movies were more eventized and now are kind of regularly scheduled programming, I do wonder if some of that hype will wear off, but I, I also doubt that it will wear off to the point that uh, Disney's gonna try and throw the towel in on on Pandora and all the potential theme park and games and toys you know that they that. can uh, get out of this. Uh, and I enjoyed it. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be super cynical about it, but yeah, uh, yeah. he's, he set a lot up for the future. And I, uh, I'm curious if people are going to uh, see those pieces being set up and get excited or feel a little jaded by it.
1: Interesting. Well, I got three for you. Do you enjoy, did you enjoy spending more time with the Sully family now in the second one, as opposed to the first one?
0: I did enjoy the dynamic between the kids. Um, I kind of wished we'd spend a little bit more time with Zoe Saldana's Neytiri because she was such a the standout on the first one. And stand standout
1: l- in here as well. I thought someone was going to try to take it from her. It is still hers.
0: It's still well, hers. But like, it, yes, but like, in a smaller role. She still stands yeah. out, but because she's sharing the screen with
1: Yes, more but people. in the smaller role, three hours and thirteen minutes, it, it, it almost
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sets off. It balances out.
1: And, and the emotions she had to get for this one were kind of like a little bit more amped up. She but you still yeah. get that yell from her, the thing that people Absolutely. know from the first. It, it's the what voice I loved breaking, about it. Yeah. yeah, what I loved about it, it's a growling society. I just love that. Throughout the whole movie, they have no problem growling at each other. It's a completely mm-hmm. normal way to communicate. Um yeah. but besides enjoying the Sully family more. Uh, you sound like you're a little bit more excited to see where they may take it. And you were talking about how it doesn't fully feel like they're setting up the pieces. Do you feel, uh, a two for here, does it feel like a lot of the Marvel movies, and I, I hate name dropping, so let me just say any other thing, any other property where you're watching the film and you can see this being, oh, th- this had nothing to do with the movie, that's just going to be for the theme park. Did
0: you feel that here? Yeah. did you think it was integrated well? I felt that with the ending. The rest of it, fine. I, I, I get world building, and I thought it did it in a way that didn't feel too uh, next time on Avatar, except for the ending, which I don't want to get to until we do our spoiler, spoiler review later this week. which we will get week. into, but
1: all right. That sounds good. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. Uh, one, one last question, and I think we can maybe wrap this up. How do you think the John Wilson Avatar support group feels right about now?
1: This must be the greatest day of their lives this whole week. They are going to be... What were all the categories that I said? Uh, They're going to be watching it in IMAX. They're going to be watching it in 3D. They're going to be watching it in (laughs) Dolby. They're going to watch it three times in Screen X just to focus on every screen. Uh, I'm excited for them.
0: I'm I'm pumped for them. I'm so happy to... uh let them experience Pandora once more. Uh, we want to know how you feel about your Pandora experience once you get to see Avatar The Way of the Water. So let us know in a comment or by reaching out to us on social media. But I think that's about all for this edition of After Credits. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V as in Navi I C H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show Artwork and People. Find more from you.
1: You can find me over at LME Explain on YouTube, on Twitter, on Letterboxd. <laughs> this weekend at an IMAX 3D screening which is the best way to watch ooh, this movie ooh. in theaters or just every week here on the intercut
0: podcast you can listen to every episode of the intercut podcast on iTunes anchor Spotify whatever your favorite podcatcher is I like overcast and then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio feed but to the video feed as well We can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment find new episodes of the intercut weekend must watch streaming on our YouTube channel Mondays and please leave us a comment like the video consider heading over to iTunes to give us the much requested five star review and shout out to our listeners in Nigeria for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there like our Facebook follow our Twitter follow us on Instagram support our Patreon all of them you can find at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from art from me from all of the guests that we feature here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time this family is our fortress